mama, I got bad news, bad news. I've been rolling with some bad dudes, bad dudes. I've been trying to get a bag. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Ashes to Awesome podcast, Rising and Recovery. Our podcast provides light, hope, and understanding about addictions and mental health to people living within that life and the people who love them. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another edition of Memorial Monday on the Ashes to Awesome podcast. I'm your host, Chuck LaFlange, and today in virtual studio, we have a returning guest, uh, Doreen D'Onofrio. Like, did I write this time? Yes. Noreen yes, D'Onofrio. Oh, Noreen D'Onofrio. There we go. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so, Noreen's come back on. She, uh, you know, of course, did a beautiful piece about about her daughter last week, and um, she's a little more involved than, than um, maybe some of the people we've had on in the past, and, you know, she's got her Crystal's Heart Retreat, and she leads a pretty big group on Facebook, to say the least. So, um She's agreed to help me out with some of this uh, Memorial Monday stuff, and, and I'm I'm really appreciative of that because I I, I could use the help. So, uh, thank you very much, Noreen, for coming back, and, and thank, thank you very much for, for donating me. some of your time. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, our next guest is uh, Donna Mazurik. Did I get that right? Yes, Mazurik. Mazurik. Okay, still I still sounded closer what Noreen said earlier. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, and and Donna is well. It's Memorial Monday, so you you know why Donna's here. Um, I don't want to tell that story. That's just not my story to tell. So, why don't you? Uh, why don't you start with where you think the story mm-hmm. starts? You know it better than anybody else does. And kind of take it from there, Donna, and then we'll we'll jump in as a as we deem necessary. If that sounds okay to you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, if you want to just start telling us about Paige. Okay. Um... Paige is, was our youngest of five children. Um, she had three sisters and a brother. And her brother and her had nicknames. Paige was Pork Chop and he was Meatloaf. Over the years, that's what they came up with. Paige was just a beautiful child inside and out. And then, um, and she didn't have a hurtful foot bone in her body, just like Crystal, your Crystal. Um, she would get her shirt off her back if somebody needed it. But better yet, she'd come to me and hand me buy them a shirt. <laughs> um, she was just like that, you know. Her heart was just full. Um, she never liked conflict whatsoever um and then when she was 17 she needed a tooth extracted and so she went to the dentist and he gave her pain medication um she said oxys we can't come up with a script um at this time and it took us a long time to actually find out that it was um oxys um but in looking through things, um, her dad actually had to get an, a tooth extraction the following week. And when I had originally called the dentist, he th- they said, oh, they don't give out that stuff. Uh, well, the day after Paige's tooth extraction, um, her dad was prescribed hydrocodone from the dentist. And for his tooth extraction a week later. So go figure. I mean, 
it's out there and they're still giving it out. Um, opioids are everywhere. So anyway, she became addicted. It only took one pill. And from there, our, our nightmare began. And it was for five years. Um, it was a roller coaster. And she had stayed. Uh, she would buy drugs off the street or steal them from her brother, basically, because he had had um, a couple hand surgeries on his finger and he was given hydrocodone. So, you know, she, there were so many, you know, pills at our house and she had already become addicted because only one pill. Um, so it took a few years before we actually totally realized how bad she was. And one day she just told us that she was doing heroin. She had a boyfriend and she always looked for the bad boys and Right now, I have a Doberman next to me that wants attention, so. Um, but she always, you know, she had to have a boy, uh, a bad boy in her life. And he showed her how to shoot up heroin. She ended up with an abscess in her arm. She almost lost her arm. And had she lost it, sometimes I wish she would have. Uh, because maybe she'd still be here. Maybe that would have been her awakening. Um, she ended up with hepatitis C. Her liver doctor told her, you can get it out of your system, but I won't do it unless you are clean for six months. Um, because otherwise, it's not worth it. It's over $100,000. Paige and I were really, really close. We had a really good relationship this they had a <clears throat> her brother ended up going on a sting to get her out of get her away from the guy and the boyfriend because she took off with him and wouldn't tell me she, where she was and she became addicted in um, Florida hmm. she was down in Naples in a bad area and the police called me because they wanted him and then his sisters her sisters told her that I'd had a heart attack was in the hospital. And then they turned around and called me and said, don't answer the phone if she calls you. So they finally got her out of that house. But there was like five or six cop cars behind, you know, her brother. And she finally came out and he went to jail. They took her to the police department and, you know, basically interrogated her and then she decided she was gonna move back to Michigan um, and live with one of her sisters so she kind of you know lived with all of her sisters at one point or another and she met another bad boy up here and she ended up she was given um, she started having grand mal seizures in Florida from doing um, the drugs. So um, she she had a um, a neurologist that gave her something that she shouldn't have been given, and along with that, um, 
with her seizure medicine, she ended up in a psychotic episode. So one night, um, I was getting pictures of her slicing her arms and her legs, and she tried to hang herself. Her boyfriend broke down the bathroom door, but he wouldn't take her to the hospital. He wouldn't call the hospital because she begged him. You know, don't do it. I won't do it again. Please don't do it, you know. And so he listened to her. And had she gotten that help, maybe she'd still be here. Um, she did a uh, probably, I would say, at least three times in jail. Wasn't long enough. Um, the first time she went to jail for 30 days uh, for paraphernalia. And then she was scheduled for a... Um, you guys, please stop. She was scheduled for a, um, to go into uh, a rehab. She was mandated to that for 30 days. Wasn't long enough. They really thought that she was going to make it. Um, but after about three or four months, she was done. And um, she, she ended up back on the drugs and the heroin. So, five years later, it was the week of Easter, that Sunday, uh, the Sunday before Easter, and um, so she was given medication, and that's what happened. Um, she ended up in that psychotic episode for a weekend. Um, I spent more of my time up in Michigan than what I did in Florida, and we had, you know, we lived in Florida 12 years, then... Um, the week of Easter, that Sunday night, she had a fight with her boyfriend, and I couldn't get a hold of her. I tried and tried and tried. Well, she had a girlfriend pick her up. They went and got five hits of heroin. <clears throat> Little did we know that it was straight fentanyl, mm. or at least one of them was. Um, her girlfriend went to work the next morning and came home at 4 o'clock because she couldn't reach Paige and found her in the bathroom. But that morning I went out on my daughter's porch and I just, you know, I knew what she had gone through, the rehabs, everything. And you could see how broken she was. And she would tell me, Mom, I have something to tell you, but I can't. She had lost a baby and she couldn't forgive herself, too. Um... So I went out on my daughter's porch because she had uh, overdosed them the month before. And so I was up in Michigan getting her more help and she left rehab again. Um, and I was doing my morning prayers and I finally said, God, if you need to take her, take her. As long as you're on one side of me and she's on the other, I'll be okay. 10 o'clock that night, um, my son called and said, Mom, are you sitting down? And all I said was, is she gone? And I just got goosebumps, you know. And he wanted to make sure I was sitting down. I said, John, don't tell me. Don't ask me if I'm sitting. Just, is she gone? Because they didn't come to her address in Michigan. They came to our house in Florida. And, yes, she was gone. Um, so the next morning, I got a call from her judge. Her, 
Judge Jody, and she ended up leaving the bench six months after Paige passed because she took Paige's story across the country and internationally. When you now. say she was her judge, can you clarify that? She was. She had sentenced Paige to jail. Took put her in rehab. Um, wasn't long enough, and she realized that later. She called me that morning. I had never met her, and her she cried all night. Wow. Paige was the first one that was a heroin addict that she had lost, and um, and she really tried to help. Sounds like yes. Mm-hmm. Her daughter said, Mom, why are you crying? And her daughter was only about 11 years old then. Um, she showed Grace Paige's picture and said that she, she was a heroin addict. And she overdosed and died. And Grace said, she doesn't look like an addict. Well, there and you go. Mom says, they don't. You know, they can be your neighbor. Nobody knows. Um, so anyway, she ended up seeing Paige before Paige was even ready to be, um, shown at the funeral. And the funeral director called me and said, I have this lady that wants to see, this judge that wants to see your daughter. And I'm telling her no. I said, no, let her in. She can go in. So she made promises to Paige. I don't know what they are. Um, but she saw Paige and when the funeral director got her heard her name a couple times he says oh my gosh she uh, got my daughter out of a, an abusive relationship of course I'll let her in to see her so you know it was like that and the pastor at Paige's church that she went to Paige actually gave herself to God again in jail with him and he knew the judge, and the funeral director. So everybody knew one another. God just works in mysterious ways, I guess. And God really held me up because I was a strong person. I had four kids that were basket cases along with my husband. And I could never figure out why I wasn't crying constantly. I knew Paige and I were really, really close, but still, you know, I always cried at funerals and, you know, everything else, and this was my daughter. So, we had decided to move back to Michigan to be close to the kids, and um, the night before we moved, I had a prophecy at, at Paige's friend's church, and God told me she, this lady had never met me, Put her hand on my head and and God told me I took the worst pain away from you so that you could help other moms wow. uh, and dads. Um, it's amazing, isn't it, Donna, how we see our children suffer so much that it is in a way a blessing for them yeah. to go home. Because we see the the trauma that they have done to themselves. And to the whole family. I sure. Mean, it's just not them. She affected all of us. Yeah. It's a family you know, disease. Yeah. And it's horrifying. 
but I had turned it over to, I turned her disease over to God uh, probably at least a year before she died because I couldn't do the roller coaster anymore. I just couldn't. I ended up backing in to a um, brand new Lincoln coming out of Sam's Club one day and Paige, that was right after the episode where she tried to kill herself and this little old man got out and said you're okay I'm crying because I was getting um an IV so I had my hand was all bandaged for my IVs and I'm crying to this man and he says don't worry it's okay it's okay you didn't hurt my car and he let me go, and, you know, all the way home, I said, God, you have, to, you have to handle this. I can't do this anymore. And I loved her. I got her into plenty of rehabs, but, and I told the whole family. You think of the roller of coaster. Aunts and uncles. She had lots of aunts and uncles that didn't know. Mm-hmm. You think of the roller coaster ride you're speaking of that we were on. Imagine what they're going through. They didn't want that any more than we wanted it for them. Right. right? She didn't want to die. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to die. She didn't know there was fentanyl. You know, and I asked her right like two weeks before he and I said, Paige, if you don't stop, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. She said, oh, no, Mom, I got two dealers and they got my back. Yeah, right. The one started putting fentanyl in mm. all of his stuff, and she was gone. Um, can you share a little bit, Donna, about what you have done with your tragic loss? What you have done to make a difference? Well, I had actually asked Judge Jody to write Paige's memorial, and I never met her until the week after the funeral. And she had sent Jeannie Richards, who is no longer with us, she had lost her son Brian, and Stacy Burns, who is in recovery with Drug Free All Stars now. They came to Paige's funeral, and they were telling me, because I really didn't know what was going on out there. And back then, eight years ago, we were only losing about 70 people a day. Now it's over 300, you know, and and I was just floored. And so we decided at that point in time that, or the Lord decided, that we were going to do a 501c3 and we were going to fight. So that's what we did. What does Paige's Promise do? What do you do in your nonprofit? Um, It's awareness, education, and recovery. We will help anybody. I'm out. I tell Paige's story to cashiers in the grocery store. Anybody I meet. And they can be a complete and total stranger, but God knows they need to hear something. Um. And it's amazing because when she died, there was not Narcan, and addiction wasn't a disease. So the stigma when she first died was horrific, 
and it's mm. still it's pretty bad still but when she literally when she first died I couldn't believe it um and you hear all all the time oh not my child um and then later on it may be their child they just don't know um but they've come a long way with that stuff and um uh mats too you know like we have fentanyl um testing strips and the narcan um you give this stuff out right you go around and pass it out Mm -hmm. yes um, and where do you pass it out? A, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break for a PSA. And now for a quick PSA brought to you by Together We Can. Grief isn't limited to the loss of a loved one. For all the support you need, TWC offers a grief and loss support and education group offered free of charge. Learn more at twcrecoverylife.org. Now for a quick public service announcement. One of the best ways to reduce stigma is with education. If you still have questions that we haven't answered on today's show, you can learn more about Together We Can's education group at twcrecoverylife.org. Hi, everybody. This is Carl with today's public service announcement about naloxone, or, as it's more commonly known, Narcan, a medication that can help save the life of somebody experiencing an opioid overdose. Did you know that in 2021, opioids were responsible for over 7,000 deaths in Canada and 106,000 deaths in the United States? These numbers are staggering, but there is hope. Narcan is a medication that can reverse the effects of an opioid overdose and help save a life. Narcan is available for free at participating pharmacies and harm reduction centers across Canada and is also available without a prescription at most pharmacies in the United States. Now, I know most of you won't be around people using opioids, but you never know when it will be around you, and you could save the life of someone who is loved and who loves. And so, along with, um, at the funeral, um, Jeannie actually read Paige's memorial that Judge Jody I had write. And Judge Jody left uh, the bench six months later to take Paige's story across the country. And wow. she even goes internationally. Um, so, she does have her own law firm, too. So that's when we decided to, that Paige's Promise was going to be born. Um, but since then, I mean, God's put me on an amazing journey. Um, I've gone to Purdue Pharmaceuticals and marched with 500 other moms and dads who had lost um, children. I went to Harvard to march to take the Sackler name off the buildings Beautiful. I've gone to Dayton, Ohio a couple of times, spent a week in the Epic Center because they were the worst in the country, and then they got better, and then they got kind of bad again with COVID. Um, they had, Dayton closed up all their bathrooms because there were so many people dying in them. You couldn't, you know, so if you're there, you can't find a public restroom to go in um, when we were there. Saw somebody overdose on meth. So we called EMS, got him Narcan. Um, There was also a drug bust on the street because we were staying in an Airbnb on the street and down down farther on that street is where they had all the body bags 
in the beginning and they had the refrigerated trucks because they didn't have enough room in their morgues. So they were really bad. Mm. But we got with different things and found out what they were doing to make it better. Um, I heard that Portugal was uh, doing amazing stuff and now I'm hearing maybe it's not what they thought, you know, because they had taken it's, their overdoses down to about 20 a year. And, and everything, if you see a statistic, there's there's money behind it, right? So at some point, you always have to question all of the statistics. And the, the, what it's what I understand what's happened in Portugal was a wonderful thing. I haven't heard the opposite yet. And, and maybe it has been, I don't know. It's just anytime, the reason. There is no easy answer to any of this and you know and, and I think it's special interest groups you always have to wonder where the information is coming from right so as soon as you see a statistic somebody paid for the statistic somebody wanted something to come of it right and and then that's where you have to always question that stuff right so it's, it's just not it's not face value but I've been filmed for a documentary called Needles in the Hay it's about the okay. heroin epidemic in the Midwest it's not a movie yet but hopefully he will be able to do that um it's by brett myers um and it's awesome it has people shooting up you know people pages stories in there judge jody speaks on it um and then when i went to uh purdue pharmaceuticals with 500 other moms and dads all I said was, I want to confront them face to face. And so I was one of 28 people out of about 180,000 that was picked to talk to them face to face in the bankruptcy court. It was and over, every one of us would like to do that. <laughs> yep. And it was over um, the laptop on Zoom. <clears throat> but anyways, uh, the next morning... What I had said was uh, was the headline for the New York Times, You Murdered My Daughter. And they also took her story from Facebook and that and put it together and it went internationally all over the world. So God made that happen because it was on my heart to be able to do that. Um, I'm in the bankruptcy lawsuit, but it's evidence-based, and you can't come up with scripts from 2010. They're destroyed, so we're kind of like lost there. Uh, Paige, the, the week she died, there were 15 other people that died from surrounding neighborhoods in Oakland County, and... All, I bet all of their uh, death certificates say undeterminable. Well, undeterminable is unacceptable to me, but can't get it changed. And when I kept going to the coroner, uh, she finally said we were told by higher-ups to put undeterminable on their death certificates. So you lose out on insurance claims. And they don't want their property values to go down. Wow. Sad. Um, 
I've also gone to, back to Dayton and spoke at um, the Dayton Fellowship for their 25th anniversary, and I gave them a tree and a plaque from Rooting for Recovery. I was one of the founders for that, the founders for um, the global recovery movement. I both have left those two, but uh, I still do plaques. Um, and afterwards, I had people come up to me after I spoke and said, oh, I needed to hear that. You know, will you hug me? And I'm a hugger anyways, you know, but they would say, oh, I got just got goosebumps. I had a gal who was um, in recovery, but she was pushed from a 10th floor, 10th story floor window, broke 108 bones in her body. And we talk off and on still. Um, so the dogs are coming back. <laughs> Um, what what would you like to see happen? I would like this epidemic forward. to end. Right. You know, one death is one too many. Mm-hmm. You know, and Paige's promise, we have a $500 scholarship every year that we give out for somebody going, you know, into, into college. A lot of times, They've been through recovery. They're going to college to fight substance use disorder. Um, I give out 10 bags a month filled with blankets and flip-flops and water bottles and um, rain ponchos. We probably, you know, information on where to get help, like from Hope Not Handcuffs. I put Crystal's Heart Healing House in there. Um, information. Uh, we do Bibles and journals and pens. Whatever we think might help somebody that's homeless or just getting into recovery or just leaving a recovery home. And then we got um, asked by the health department to do 300 bags for the jail. Because when people get out of jail... And this is just one county in Michigan, which is Nuevo County. But uh, when they get out of jail, they're homeless. They've got nothing. So we're in the process of doing that. And they came up with a few grants to help us along our way. Um, because everything costs money. And That's a beautiful a thing. Of, we do a lot of fundraising, but it's tough. It's really tough. Um, yeah, I want to see this end. And then we do support for grieving parents. I've talked to mom and have, have numerous friendships now. Support for people that are trying to keep their kids alive. Because... The substance user isn't calling us for help. It's normally the parent mm-hmm. or the brother or an aunt or uncle. Um, but I'll help anybody that gives us a phone call. Um, right. I've done craft shows and have 
stood out and told Paige's story for weekends on end. Um, we've given numerous things away just to get people going. Uh, we work. I think. I think Donna. Everything you said sounds to me like connection, right? And that's <clears throat> connection is so important, right? And it, and every, you're giving a blanket or a set of, or a pair of socks or flip flops or or whatever, a Bible, a journal. You're making connections with people that really need connections, and that's what's mm -hmm. so beautiful about what you're doing, right? Yes. And, and that's just my perceived lack of connection for me was the boot on my neck for the last two years I was in active addiction, right? Mm -hmm. So what what you're doing is it's amazing, you know. Please keep doing that. Yeah. Sorry, well, it's I, all I about the love. To jump right, in with that. Chris? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, it is. It I really think is. that's yeah. what needs yeah. to be spread because I've mm -hmm. spoken um, at places and, and a girl got up and said, you know, when I was in active addiction, it was like nobody loved me. Hey guys, I don't know if you've heard about my new podcast. It's called The Morning Cup of Kindness. It's five minutes. It's just a random story about kindness and it's a great way to start your day. The great part about it is you can advertise for a nonprofit or a fundraiser, any charity that you want for absolutely free. All you got to do is come on, tell a five minute story about kindness for everybody else to start their day with and boom, you've advertised for a great cause. If you're interested in doing that, you can reach out to us through any of the socials. You see the logo there, you can do that. Um, and to get it done, you can submit it or you can record with me in Virtual Studio. All the details are on our website at a2apodcast.com. Check it out. Thanks, guys. Now back to the show. Mm. And a lot of I'm times not, it keeps I, them in the, the, the disease. And I was there and I said, well, you know what? I love you. So God loves you. We are And the just, more people you can tell every day, God mm -hmm. loves you. Mm -hmm. I used to, every time I went to church, I had this little old man and he... He would look at me, you know, and he would say, God loves you. <laughs> and yeah. we just had a connection. And then his family took him back to New York. And I don't know where he is. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but, um, when, when you're speaking of not feeling loved, um, we just, just spoke about this on a recording I did earlier today. Um, there's one thing worse than not feeling loved, and it's not feeling lovable. And it's a thousand times worse and it's horrible and it's what keeps so much of us doing what we're doing it's, mm -hmm. it's, 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 an, it's an awful thing to experience right you know it's, it's an awful thing yes so, they feel abandoned 100 percent, 100 that's my story and that's why we yeah. have to yeah. fight this stigma because mm -hmm. these are human beings and mm -hmm. it, it, there's no there shouldn't be the shame the shame keeps nope. them nope. down absolutely it does 100 you know, right Yep. When yep. Paige overdosed a month before she died, the doctor in the hospital told her sister, we're just going to get her better, send her on her way, because the next time she comes, she'll be dead. Sorry. They wouldn't put her into rehab. My daughter went to the administrator, and she, she was put into detox, Paige was, and... The administrator did compassion classes for these doctors. And you're talking, you know, eight, nine years ago. Well, eight years ago. Um, it was like they're calloused. We've come a long way, and it's because 
moms like us and many others that have taken this tragedy and done a beautiful thing. You know, we've turned one terrible thing into something that's helping hundreds, thousands. But it's mm-hmm. not ending. And, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, I've thought about this. You know, there is a big kick with fentanyl right now. Fentanyl's killed everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, fentanyl's an opioid, and opioids kill. doesn't matter if it's heroin, fentanyl. Now there's a, there's a new drug out, um, Xyla something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fentanyl, our Narcan doesn't, doesn't work, work for it, right? Yeah, on yeah. any of the benzos, so, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. What we do, mm-hmm. and you know, and I've thought about everything, and I know there's a lot of groups that have memorials. They're trying to do Times Square. Um, they're trying to have their own Fentanyl Awareness Day, August twenty first. Well. Overdose Awareness Day is August 31st. Why are we adding? I agree. You know? It's dividing us. I think the thing of it is, is we have to go back because most people don't start addiction shooting up heroin. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to become an addict today and shoot up heroin. Mm No. 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 You know? We have to go back to the root cause and mm-hmm. until we get rid of the root cause we're not going to get rid of the epidemic mm-hmm. that's really the right. way i feel right. and you know mm-hmm. Paige was an opiate doctors are still giving out opioids mm-hmm. you know they may not be mm-hmm. giving out as many but really when you think about it, it only takes one for certain people yeah I was watching the movie last night, Painkillers. It's kind of oh. like the, the story time that's of come up to uh, too. Yeah. Dope Sick. Yeah. With dope Sick. Yeah, I heard, I've heard about it. And yeah. every time I watch these kind of series, it just gets the blood boiling because you know it's all about the money. I mean, these are lives. It's all yeah. about the money to these people. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, you know, they're billionaires, and, you know, mm-hmm. so what do they care? Although mm-hmm. I did hear that you know, they're looking at doing criminal charges against the Sacklers. There's people that want them in jail. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they really haven't lost anything. Right. They really haven't. And there's no was... comparison to the loss of life. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I told them, I said, ah, I held up her morgue picture to them and said, are you able to kiss your child at night? Good night. Are you able to hug them? But this is what you gave me. Mm-hmm. And Paige always had her, had her tongue sticking out. You know, she's just, she was the joker of the family. Um, she just liked to joke around, you know. She was, she kept us all going. She mm-hmm. thought she had the best birthday ever because she was born on Seven Eleven, <laughs> and so she'd go to every Seven Eleven around, take every flavor they had <laughs> until she was sick. 
<laughs> that yearly. <laughs> there you go. Um, we were getting there. Um, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I think. Uh, but, uh, go ahead. No, sorry. No. Um, you know, it's like we got a chance to go to Crystal's Heart Healing House and um, um, do the retreat, and it was awesome. It was the best thing. I, I'd like you to tell us about that friends. from your from your through your lens. Of course, I, you know I've heard about it from Noreen, but your lens is as somebody who was introduced to it as somebody who needed to be there. Right? What? How was that for you? What, what was that like? You know, it was great. You know, yeah. it was like Paige was there. Mm-hmm. She was with us, and it's beautiful, mm. and it was serene, and you know, you didn't have to do anything you didn't want to. But, mm-hmm. you know, we were there and we wanted to. <laughs> you know, it, it was just so relaxing. And we had group and we had t- talks. And, you know, um, Paige, actually, I think it helped my husband a lot. Although I'm the one that couldn't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> my mouth was going constantly. Um but my husband went through depression from all of this, and he used to call Paige his angel, and he lost his angel. Well, not too long ago, I happened to find something that he wrote when she died about mm-hmm. her, you know, being its angel and being gone. You know, he was heartbroken. We all are heartbroken because we don't have her on her birthday. We're going to 7-Eleven. You know, we do birthday cakes. I know she's still with us, but you can't hold her. She sends, you know, signs. I mean, we would get signs. uh, Look at all the hummingbirds flying back and forth in uh, Georgia. (laughs) They They kept flying over our heads, and some of them were saying, oh, it's just a big bug. No, it was a hummingbird. Um, I love the fact signs. that your husband came too, because I truly believe that so many of the fathers get lost. You know, it's like yes, they, they do. They're in, they're in a lot of pain too, and they don't express it. It was really good to have your husband here and sharing the male's point of view too. Well, this past year, I had a father reach out to me, and a few years back, he had contacted Paige's Promise, and we must have talked, and then he called me this past uh, New Year's New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, mm-hmm. and he said, uh, can you send me Paige's logo? Um, so I sent him, so, you know, her logo and stuff. Well, he runs a uh, snowmobile races for young kids so that they don't end up addicted. Keeps them busy in the winter. And so, and they're antique snowmobile races, I guess. So he did a snowmobile hood in Paige's logo. And it was supposed to be signed by all the people that were racing, um, and then he's going to give it to me. But we didn't have 
cold enough weather here in Michigan last year for it, so he still has it, and hopefully we can do it this next February, I think it is. Um, but that's just from somebody that, you know, reached out and he says, you help me, and he lost his son. Um, he ended up addicted in college and lost his son who was into sports and golf and everything else and he's broken and mm-hmm. he just needs someone to talk to you know and I'll talk to anybody and I'll hug everybody <laughs> there's a lot of pain out there it's it's awesome that you do what you do and the awareness and the fighting and Sacklers and everything you do. Thank you for that, Donna. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. But the other thing I learned at Crystal uh, Heart Healing House Retreat was a heart hug. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. it was a heart hug. You want to describe and... the heart? Okay. Yeah, you, you hug heart to heart. Oh, it's usually okay. the You're opposite right. way of what you tend to want to go. We hug our heart too hard. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and we let off balloons and we painted rocks. Biodegradable and... balloons. Yeah. Of course they we, were. Of course um, they were. Anything else would be irresponsible. Yes. We made angel bookmarks and we had a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> um, Pages promised does angel bookmarks and we do rear view mirror hangers and things like that. Um <laughs> Just mm-hmm. trying to make a little extra money. I do, I do shirts now, and my one shirt says, "I fight overdose awareness for my daughter Paige Forever 22." And mm-hmm. then my other one, the back of it says, "I am a recovery supporter of substance use disorder." Ooh, right. there you go. It's almost a wrap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I it's like awesome. it. Awesome. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that brings us to my favorite part of the show. That's the Daily Gratitudes. Today's Daily Gratitudes are brought to you by Revolution Recovery, helping men recover and become their best selves through support and treatment. They've been there and they understand. The Daily Gratitude. Yes, yes, yes. And, and I appreciate, ladies, that I think you guys are, are well into your healing now, so it's not so hard, um, you know, Sometimes when the sadder topics, it's when we need them the most, right? The gratitudes. And, you know, I, I'll say it kind of behind the peek behind the curtain for the listeners. I was in a pretty wildly cranky mood half an hour, an hour ago. Uh, it's been a long day. And, you know, we're having some tech problems. And I'm sitting here listening to both of you, and I'm putting everything in their perspective. And thank you for that. So I'm going to throw out a gratitude right off the get-go and say thank you. It's, you know, well, thank you yeah. for that. How yeah. about you, yeah. Donna? What's your daily gratitude? Well, my first one is God. I'm grateful for him. My second one is family. Mm. And my third one today is that I'm honored that I was asked to do this interview. Mm. I'm very grateful. Well, thank you for doing that and spreading the awareness and all the help that you do for others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And if you ever Um. need me again... Just let me know. And uh, uh, for the final gratitudes, it, it goes out to you, everybody listening right now. Um, 
you guys, whatever you're doing, please keep doing it. The numbers keep going up. We keep getting the message to more and more people. You know, if you're if you're on Spotify, comment. If you're on um, Apple, do the, the like and the review or the the rating and review. You know, and if you see the if you see the logo anywhere, please just uh, like, comment, share. You know what to do. You know all the things. Every time you do any one of those things, you're getting me a little bit closer to living my best life, and that's to make a humble living, spreading the message. The message is this: If you are in active addiction right now, today could be the day. Today could be the day that you start that lifelong journey. Reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, go to a meeting, call the detox, do whatever it is you need to do to get that journey started because it is so much better than the alternative. And if you are the loved one of somebody who's suffering an addiction right now, just taking the time to listen to us, if you could just take one more minute out of your day, text that person, let them know they are loved. Use the words. You are loved. That little girl of hope just might be the thing that brings them back.